Usually it's sick. Yeah, we're usually sick by the time the recording begins. This is an amateur hour. <laughs> we only make it sound like this. Yeah, once Richard has uh, cleaned it all up, it, it yeah. sounds really professional. Yeah, yeah. Just put some music beds behind things. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. Is everybody good? Yes. Can you hear yourself okay? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. You can adjust yeah, can. this. You can find your levels. And you, I don't know. Yeah, I'll draw something later. I don't know what to draw yet. Okay. Fair enough. I hate being put on the spot like that. Here, yeah. draw something. Make it good. I'm not the performing. I only movie. know how to draw like three things and not well. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I upset a child at a convention <laughs> with my drawing. <laughs> Disappointed him. Ruined his whole sketchbook of the Flash because I didn't draw. I think I drew Flash Gordon. Oh, I know the guy. <laughs> you know the kid? Yeah, yeah. He, he got my picture back, and he looked so sad. Oh. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was at Denver Comic Fest. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was doing, he, he does a theme each year, so, uh, yeah, I did Flash going through a wall. Yeah. Vibrating through a wall. And then next year was Daredevil, wasn't it? Yeah, I know that guy. Something like that. God, there's going to be people scheming to bum him out now. 
I hope no, not. He's, he's really nice. Oh, he's a nice, nice kid. Guy. I didn't do it on purpose. I just, whatever I drew was <laughs> not what he wanted at all. Right. You yeah. know, because he said it was the Flash, and I think I drew Flash Gordon. Uh, yeah. You know. It makes sense to me. Hey, listeners, guess what's happening? You're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies. We're recording live from a shed at the bottom of a garden. I would say three friends, but there's four. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Before I forget to say this, like I did last time, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features. Um, we play that at the top of the show because it's like a really good lead-in for any crazy thing we might do. And uh, here we are doing that. So, um, since we did this last time, uh, I've only watched one movie. My recently watched is going to be pretty short. Um I might have watched someone else. I don't know. But uh, if you've all got like recently watched you want to talk about, we'll, sure. we'll do that. And then we're going to launch into something called Cage Match. We're going to compare some Nicolas Cage movies that we've all watched. Mm-hmm. Because after all, the show is called Chewing the Scenery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? we're going to take we're going to take a moment and, and, and maybe talk about our own points of view on Nicolas Cage. Um I personally think he's a national treasure. I do too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. And I recently found out that he was really into German expressionism as, as an inspiration. And I think that's really very telling of what we've seen on screen. Um, so Jackie, you're here because we met at a show, um, called Morbid Curiosity Expo. Yes. Morbid Curiosities Expo. Um, which is uh, affiliated with HearseCon. Mm-hmm. If you like hearses, if you like weird stuff, you can go see hearses and buy weird stuff, meet people. And you were you were holding on to a, a tote bag. I think you have it with you. That tote bag back there. Yeah, your, your vampire's kiss tote it's bag. It's the holy trinity of Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, is that your number one favorite movie of Nicolas Cage's? Vampire's Kiss? Yeah. No, I don't really have a number one, but I have a few top ones. Okay. So there's a, there's like an orb of, of favorites. Yes. Not, it's not linear. No, no, not at all. The an Paris orb is of favorites. <laughs> yeah. God, we it's a the... matrix of cage. Yes. <laughs> um, so do you want to kick it off with what have you watched recently? I know you've been working for the film fest and you've been busy, but, uh, yeah. Um, well, I just maybe like two weeks ago finished. I've now seen every single Nicolas Cage movie that's available. So congratulations. Thank wow. you. Are there some that aren't? Well, there are some that are still coming out and some that oh. are still in production. Oh, so. Okay. But but not like, you know, not like a lost cage film. No, or, no, no. You know, one that's been banned from the country cuz it's too great. There are some pretty obscure ones though that were a little harder to find, but oh, wow. and like a sh- there's like a David Lynch short that he's in and Oh yeah. Um but it, depending on how you count, it's 86 to 89 that I've seen. So Wow, he's been in a lot of films. And there are 7 that are still in production and two that are coming out later this year. So. Wow. He, he will get out of that financial hole <laughs> <laughs> someday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the last movie I watched that was Nicolas Cage was Zandali from the early nineties. It's ridiculous. Um, I also watched for the third time Mandy at mm. the Esquire at midnight last weekend. Nice. So oh. that was awesome to see again. It's already on the midnight. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, and it was pretty busy. So 
it's got a really good following, which is awesome because it's amazing. And a lot of word of mouth that's probably bringing in a lot of yeah. new, new viewers to the to the thing. Yeah, yeah. and also yeah. Where you really need to see it in the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, and then the other, the only other thing I've seen recently is the um, I went to see Goblin do the Suspiria mm. score, mm-hmm. so that was really awesome. Wow, excellent. Yeah, Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> how I wore it? my Cheddar Goblin hat that night. <laughs> That's great. So how were they live? They were awesome. It was it, at some points it was kind of hard to believe it was actually a band playing because it was a bunch of old Italian men standing there. <laughs> well, and they're very chill on stage during yeah. the movie, but then you know the second set they did with the other music was right. more energetic. I was told they don't look like they're wearing stage garb. They just look like they're wearing normal everyday clothes. I mean, they were wearing some pretty interesting clothing. Not like really over the top, but... They don't look like Black Black Sabbath circa 1972 or anything? No, no, but band jackets and fishnet stockings. Oh. Yeah. Well, somebody lied to me then. (laughs) Hey, maybe it was an off show. It could have been. (laughs) Maybe their gear didn't show up and they just... I'll wear my sweater vest again. (laughs) (laughs) My my tweed pants and my sweater vest. (laughs) And these fishnets. So, so Goblin, uh, was it just like 90 minutes that was it? It was done? Or two no, hours no, or whatever like it is? No, no, they did like a, so they did, I guess the original Suspiria is about 90 minutes. I can't yeah. remember exactly yeah. how long. And then they did a bunch of other stuff after that. I don't know how long. It wasn't super long, but they did a bunch of stuff. Well, cool. Nice. With a lot of cool, like, movie footage behind. Yeah. And it's always nice when they do that. Like, uh... Like if you get if you get to see a, a shark fighting a, a zombie, for example, you know, on a big projection behind a band, you know, that's something you would want to see. Yeah, he, he's, Absolutely, he's played here as well. Yeah, um, Fabio Fa- Fritzi. Yeah, yeah, I saw footage of that from somebody who saw that show in L.A. and they had filmed it with their cell phone from the crowd, and it was like, holy crap, they actually played that on a giant projection behind mm-hmm. them. Wow. Yeah. So, did they have any um, any major props or backgrounds or anything? Um, no, just, I mean, just the screen and the movie footage. And if it wasn't movie footage, it was like psychedelic stuff and okay. like water drops and colors. And okay. so it wasn't just the house lights. No, no, no. Good. Good. It's always nice when someone brings something on the road with them. Yeah. Uh, what else have you seen? Anything good? During the film festival? Yeah. I saw about like six different things. Probably, well, the most horror one that I saw was called Cam. Oh, Yeah. Um, that was really, really interesting. They just dropped that to Netflix. About Cam Newton, right? <laughs> Cam Neely. <laughs> um, no, that's the one about the Cam Girl. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. Yeah, and she, the so the Cam Girl who wrote it is from Boulder, I think? Oh, or, wow. Yeah, so she was there at the screening, which was cool to yeah. hear her talk about it What's and stuff. What's uh, Cam Girl? Um, it's, a, it's a woman who performs uh, on... Uh, basically a Skype sort of situation for paying customers. Usually it's of a sexual nature. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. yeah, it's kind of a, it's the concept behind it is basically she one day sees herself on the screen, but she's not actually performing. And so it's this kind of hmm. unfolding of that story without giving a whole lot away. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. So is it one of those movies where it's all done through the computer screen? Or? No, not all. Okay. Yeah. There's, it, a lot of it is her in the screen, but there's some outside stuff too. Hmm. That sounds well. We, we all have Netflix here, right? So yeah, we could give it a look if we want. Yeah. 
So it is a recommend, though? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's on Netflix already? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that's what they did was they, they gave it its theatrical run and then said, we're going to go to the well. I think yeah. it's going to be showing at the Alamo at some point. Oh, cool. But just like one night only. I don't know. It may have passed already. I just heard yeah. that through the grapevine. Mm. All right. Will, what Anything about you? Anything else that we recommend? Nah. That was it? I've, uh, I haven't watched much other than about 15 episodes of Gunsmoke. Wow. Uh, something new for, for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, no, I watched, uh, other than that, I watched a couple episodes of the latest season of Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. Because I'm way behind. Uh, and a couple <clears throat> episodes of The Last Kingdom, which I've dubbed Stupid Son of Stupid. <laughs> He's a kind of Viking saxon dumb sort of guy he's not dumb but his name is utrid and i've just decided stupid because at this point they're just running on a treadmill mm-hmm. they're like oh yeah this this is what happened last season it's all the same story beats you know yeah uh and that's all i've had time for oh wow yeah i think since last time I feel like I watched something else, but I know that as far as theatrical stuff, went and saw that new Grinch movie, and my expectations weren't high. <laughs> Why would they be? <laughs> there was a better story and much, much better animation than I was expecting. Well, that's cool. So I will say, as somebody who had arms folded, toes tapping, or toe tapping, um... I was I was skeptical that it was going to be any good at all, and and I was very impressed. And it was merely crap. <laughs> it was better than crap. It was it was actually really worth it, and um, and I'm glad that they did a good job on it. Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean I'm a fan of of old uh, Christmas stuff as well. You know I like the Rankin Bass. I know you don't like the Rankin Bass. Rankin stuff. Bass. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I do like the Rankin Bass stop motion stuff. I do like the original uh, Grinch and um, and all the Charlie Brown kind of stuff. I like that. I like all that. They do show some obscure, that birth movie's death um, mm. compilation they do at the beginning at, the, at, at Draft House. They come up with some obscure crap. And I know it takes a lot of work and probably a fair amount of money to make anything stop motion. And when they were doing this in the you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, whenever this stuff was from. The film stock maybe looked a little weird, but there were, there were some, like, little shorts at the beginning of this that were just bizarre and uh, Christmas-related. And I thought, well, I thought I'd seen it all, and there were the three or four things I'd never seen whatsoever. Hmm. That was kind of cool. Um, but pretty much, yeah, The Grinch, that was it. And I watched some television, but nothing really of note. Um I saw part of that. This this is life with Lisa Ling. She was talking about fur- <laughs> she was talking about furries, and I was like, oh, I got to pick this up from the beginning, and then watch the whole episode. I can't just jump in in the middle. I can't just jump into the middle of furries. <laughs> no, <laughs> hell no. MS thirteen is fine. Introduced. <laughs> and if it's an MS thirteen who's also a furry, cool. Ooh. But just furries, you got to get the whole story from the beginning. So, Do you think there are any crossover MS-13 furries? members who are also furries? Yeah, I think so. We were talking earlier about the uh, the uh, National Stock Show coming. Oh, yeah. And how there's a Dior uh, 
uh, show at the at the art museum and wondering <laughs> if there's any crossover for those two. Are there some excited people coming to town for the for stock both? show? We're like, yeah, I'm going to hit up that Dior show. They're really mismatched couple. <laughs> yeah. They have to go to one event than the other. Yeah. So. It's like, well, I'm going to wear my fancy chaps if it's okay with you. Then we'll go to that Dior thing and then we'll go to my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah. Who's the author of the Harry Potter books? J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah, I was blanking the name. She came to town when the first Harry Potter came out and not many people had heard of it. So there wasn't much of a, it wasn't a big deal. But she came to Denver during the stock show and she saw all these guys walking around in cowboy hats and she was just so freaked out that she's never come back since. <laughs> really? <laughs> so she thought that's just what Denver is yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, she thought it's like that all the time. It's kind of what I expected before I moved here. So. Yeah. Yeah, you could get that for sure. I had I had my brother-in-law ask me if, uh, when I was living in Hawaii, if we had electricity. And I was like, well, you know, since the professor was able to figure out that wind turbine thing, yeah. Yeah, we got electric. <laughs> yeah. As long as Skipper keeps pedaling, we got electricity. <laughs> Just a simple no. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to tell you about what he thought about uh, about tribes attacking, coming out west. In Hawaii? No, here. Oh, here? <laughs> wow, and Denver. <laughs> yeah. Gets rowdy on the 15. It does. <laughs> Julian, what about you? What have you watched since last uh, night? I, I saw, uh, well, we, we both saw uh, Logan from Logan? last year. Have you seen that one? Wolverine yeah, the, 3. Yeah. Wolverine 3. X-Men <laughs> 10 or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. We watched the color version. We have not seen the, the noir version yet, but uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Does that just mean they turn the color off? No, they, they put it on a separate disc, so it's like properly oh, okay. uh, rigged for black and white. Get the full range of grays. Yeah. 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 So, oh. um, but uh, yeah, it starts off really... Uh, you know when and superhero movies get all grim and gritty, and you think it's just lugubrious. You know, it get, that that's what makes me laugh more than people running around in silly costumes. You know, when they try to make it all grim and serious, and I thought oh, this is going to be a drag. And, but after a while, the humour starts creeping in, and it takes off into a kind of fun road movie western. Oh, okay. Sort of thing. Have you? You've seen, you've I've not seen, seen it. it. Okay. Yeah, if you want to see, it, I'll lend it to you. It's, oh, right. Yeah, yeah we enjoyed that watching. one. Um, and then continued my. Uh, trawling through Amazon Prime. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to all our episodes and memorized it every everywhere, word like of most wisdom. of our listeners. <laughs> uh, but uh, we were talking about uh, the various streaming services. So you have things like Shudder, where they're curated by film enthusiasts. So you get some classic horror and interesting horror and stuff. From it. And then you get streaming services like Amazon Prime, where it's a dump and you're just like rooting around <laughs> like you're trying to strip copper or something <laughs> right oh there's some great rubbish oh, in there i love it yeah i used to love going through bins like that for magazines and yeah, yeah yeah comics and crap and that you know oh, yeah oh yeah yeah going so to this a... is kind of like a, a digital version yeah of that. it's it's like an old uh you know really dank and dusty video yeah rental place oh i love it yeah and you can see some of the same covers, you know, all those 80s Italian barbarian mm-hmm. movies, you know. Uh, yeah, so that's been fun. Um, 
So this week I watched uh, Attack of the Super Monsters. Attack of the Super Monsters. Uh, so this is like a four episodes of a Japanese show edited for US VHS back in 1982. Wow. And these are taken from this um, uh, uh, Japanese series called Kyoryu Daisenso Aizenbogu from 1977. We'll all remember that one. <laughs> which is uh, where these super dinosaurs from underground invade the surface world, uh, which is pretty similar to how Legendary is doing the Godzilla series now. Hmm. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so the dinosaurs and the, the miniature vehicles are done live action as they were. And then you've got uh, bits of actual live cities and then you've got cell animated people okay running around it's just all together it's quite delirious it sounds sounds it yeah um and the t-rex from it is named ururu (laughs) talking t-rex that can fire laser beams from its eyes and turn in ordinary animals into red monsters okay you can't make this stuff up no Uh, but you'll recognize the t-rex if you've seen uh there's a film called the last dinosaur from also from 77 yeah it's the same oh okay and oh you like this one the dragon lives again also known as the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Is this a Bruce place? <laughs> this is a Bruce exploitation. Yeah, okay. It's one of the Bruce exploitations. Do you okay. know what that is? Mm-mm. So Bruce Lee uh, died in '73, and then the uh, you know he was much revered and respected, and of course uh, everybody, uh, everybody could start cashing in. <laughs> And uh, made all these movies with people who were supposed to look like him, and they were, had similar <laughs> names like Bruce Lee and Bruce Le. And, and in this mm-hmm. case, it was Bruce Lang, uh, Bruce Lung, and uh, Bruce Lang. He was from Minnesota. Yeah. So yeah. So Bruce Lung plays Bruce Lee. He wakes up in hell, oh. and there's these, these nearby hell concubines who say, "You know that when people die, they go through physical changes, right? That's why he looks <clears throat> slightly different." Oh, okay. of course. Yep. And uh, so when, once he wakes up, he sets about reforming hell. Well, good. And uh, so he, he gets to fight against or with, okay, Zatoichi, the man with no the, name. The blind swordsman? Yes. I almost said bland swordsman. Uh, the man with no name. You know, the Clint Eastwood character. Yeah, Eastwood. Who actually had lots of names. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> James Bond. Kane from the Kung Fu series. <laughs> oh, Emmanuel. Okay. The one-armed swordsman. The exorcist. Uh. The godfather. <laughs> skeletons, mummies, and Popeye. And Popeye? Yeah. <laughs> and, an, and an angry little chihuahua. Uh, and apart from uh, James Bond and Emmanuel, they're all played by Chinese actors. Oh, lovely. Huh. Uh, so this is like a dubbed and cropped version, which is on Amazon. So I say to Criterion, get on it, restore this thing. <laughs> Blu-ray or it's else. It's incredible. Uh, and then uh, apart from that, I watched a couple of uh, cages today. Oh, a couple. Yeah. I forgot okay. to mention that. I watched a couple of cages over the last yeah, few yeah. days. Yeah, yeah that's what you watch. Yeah. Um, so I watched Vampire's Kiss because mm. I saw that when I was a kid. <laughs> We, we got that out as a video with you know when I had friends over to watch movies and uh, we saw uh, uh, 
Jennifer Beals was a sexy vampire. Yes. All right, we're going to watch that. Didn't know who Nicolas Cage was at the time because he was pretty <laughs> fresh, wasn't he? And yeah. we, we weren't likely to have seen Moonlighting mm. at that point. Mm. Was it Moon? Moonstruck? Moonstruck, Moonstruck said, sorry. yeah. And uh, so we watched it and we were really disappointed that uh, she wasn't in it much and it didn't seem to be a vampire movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of sent it to the recycling bin of the mind. So mm-hmm. I rewatched it today, and I'm glad I did because that's that's full on cage. Yes. Have you yeah. seen yeah. that one? Right? Have you seen uh, that? One? I've not seen that one in a long oh. time. Like you, I watched it's it a awesome. long, long time ago. I was like, I was watching it today with Emily, and I was like, oh, and I had to keep stopping it and screen capturing it. Oh, Here man. he is doing the alphabet. The alphabet. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's I've the got a whole best. bunch of things with him doing yeah. the alphabet. So I'm going to put that up on uh, when we post this on uh, Facebook. On next week. Facebook, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. That was awesome. And then the other one I saw of his was uh, Next. Oh. Which oh. is from 2007, which is him in action movie mode. So he's all kind of sincere and what pretty year, straight, yeah. isn't he? What year did the Nick Needs Money series of movies begin? <laughs> it's debatable, but I have a list of all his movies here. Nick okay. never not needed money. <laughs> when did Nick desperately need to fend off the IRS? <laughs> Again, debatable. Yeah, I mean, there's really there's there were some really bad choices in the early years, but I don't think the shit really started until probably oh god, like well, Wicker Man came out in '06. Uh huh. So I kind of feel like that around next was about that time then. Yeah, these two guys own that. I think Wicker Man that was yeah is probably the high point of his career. I love Wicker Man. I I've seen the remake of Wicker Man more times than I've seen the original. Me too. And I love the yeah. original. Yeah, same here. Jackie, what's your favorite part of the Wicker Man oh, remake? <laughs> Is it the bees? Is it the bear suit? I it, I think it's probably the bear suit. Oh, Lord. just oh, when man. he starts, it's priceless. Kicking, just kicking people and like <laughs> just oh, running man. in that bear suit. It's so amazing. It's beautiful. Oh. It, yeah, when 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 Will told, I think Will is the one who told me, like, yeah, there's some scenes of him wearing a bear suit running <laughs> around a hillside punching women. Yeah, I thought. What would be the progression of events that would that would land you at that? I have to find this out. How to get burned is probably my favorite line. Oh though. yeah, how to get burned? Yeah, how to get burned? How, how to get, get burned? How to get burned? Oh, the bees, the bees. <laughs> the bees. And Will pointed out that we really need to see footage of that minus the CG bees. <laughs> Just Nicholas writhing around. Oh, God, that sounds amazing. I really, really want a cut of Ghost Rider 1 and 2 where he's wearing his own makeup, his own mask Mm. that he made for that movie. Because if you've seen photos of it on the internet, it's insane. And come on. (laughs) Come on, Marvel or whoever owns the rights to Ghost Rider. Get it out there with Nicholas Cage running around in his own makeup. My friend just sent me an article on... um, Nick Cage saying that Ghost Rider would have done better now because it's like the age of superhero movies and stuff. And yeah. also if it had been R-rated instead of PG, PG or whatever yeah. it was. And so directed good. by Milos, what's his name, who did Mandy. Yes. Oh, it would be oh Panos Cosmatos. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Not yeah, Mil- I found those kind of dull, though. Milos. Like the Ghost Rider movies. Milos Foreman. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so it needs to be more like Amadeus. Yes. <laughs> Why wasn't he cast in Amadeus as Mozart? I don't know, but that, I think that would be great casting. That would have been great. He could have played Salieri. I mean... I'm fine with any role in that movie. All the roles. Recast. Why not? <laughs> Just Nick Cage is everything. How about a Broadway one-man show of Amadeus starring Nicolas Cage? Mm-hmm. I think that would be brilliant. I will fund that. Yeah. I thought uh, Drive Angry was a, a better Ghost Rider movie than Ghost Rider. Yeah. Drive Angry is a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, why is... Okay, first, let's get something uh, clear with our listeners. We can probably, all four of us... Enjoy Nicolas Cage uh, for all of his talents, but also enjoy him for his over-the-topness. And I don't think you have to pick one or the other. No, no. You have both, don't you, Jackie? I do, yeah. Yeah. You you aren't here being offended by us having a laugh. No, no, not at all. That's kind of how my obsession started. Yeah, I know. The over-the-topness. He's so over-the-top. And he knows he is. He knows he is. I mean, you know... The same time, I think he is a sincere actor. I mean, I he, he puts does, his heart and soul he into puts it. Everything into the movies, yeah. you know, even really terrible movies like the. Um, I mean, you've obviously watched Mom and Dad. Oh, I love Mom and Dad. Uh, he is like <laughs> really toned down in that movie, and even then, he he finds ways to chew the same right when. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, German expressionism. Okay, would you have recognized this as being a component of his inspiration and his motivation if he hadn't said so? Probably not, because I don't know enough about German Expressionism, but I've heard him talk about it. Yeah, well, one of the one of the uh, movies he mentions drawing inspiration from was uh, Nosferatu, mm, and I'm thinking, yeah, wow, that is that is deep. That is really deep for somebody who's done things like ghostwriter to say well oh, german expressionism like nosferatu you know for him to say this is He's, where you... uh, he watches it on tv in uh, vampire's kiss yeah yeah oh does he yeah and he does some of the mannerisms the too creeping up the stairs and the the dissolve at the end oh that's cool i see it right after we met jackie um, this this was a couple months ago I watched that movie within a week because I, I realized I didn't remember anything about it <laughs> and really needed to rewatch it. So I've had enough time to forget about that. But good. I'm glad that they were able to get that into the movie because he's he's drawing from things that you wouldn't expect. He mentioned uh, um, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's like, yeah. dude, really? Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. So good. Keep doing that. Because we're getting results like Mandy. Yeah. Like Mandy. And Wicker Man. <laughs> and next, oh. where he can see two minutes into the future. Right. What do you think of next? Uh, well, I, I'm a fan of Jessica Biel, so I, I was quite happy. Well, all right. Yeah, sure. that's right. Uh, yeah, Peter Falk turns up in it. Is oh, that's right. Columbo, isn't it? Yeah. Columbo, yes. Wow. He shoots pool then. Yeah, uh, I think Juli- that may be Columbo's last film. Julianne Moore is the uh, FBI group oh, leader right. who manipulates yes. him because he's so. a magician. Like that's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a reluctant hero for like almost the entire movie, and she eventually manipulates him into helping them. Yeah, it feels like a pilot for a seventies TV series. <laughs> you know, one of those gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like Gemini I, Man. I would have liked that. 
as a series. Next, the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It writes its own reviews. <laughs> Did you watch it next? Yeah. <laughs> so for this particular episode, um, did you did you do any any sort of uh, rewatching, Jackie? Um, aside from Mandy, I also recently rewatched Vampire's Kiss and Mom and Dad. Okay. And what else? I mean, I've been watching so much Cage, but those are the most recent ones. When's the last time you watched Con Air? Um, maybe like last year. Okay, so what, it was what, recent. What's his uh, affinity for Las Vegas? Because that's before oh, movies, that's true. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Honeymoon in Vegas, leaving Las Vegas, he, Con Air. Is, is there anything to that? He loves he? Elvis. I mean, I think he either partially lives there. Um, I know he's there a lot. Hmm. Okay. Vegas, New Orleans. And he's got a lot of movies in New Orleans. Yeah. Hmm. That makes sense that he that he would really like Las Vegas because his obsession with Elvis and Elvis having yeah. such a big part of his career, you know, playing, the, you know, all those shows there. Yeah. And living there for a couple of years or however long it was. Um. Did you watch the Q and A of Mandy? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you saw how he rolled out there with the gold, the giant skull ring, yeah. the jacket. Oh yeah, yeah, it was the amazing. The jacket was fantastic. The shades. Uh, yeah. I want that jacket. <laughs> yeah, it's <was> pretty great. <laughs> I have to star in like ninety movies a year. Right. At a quarter million apiece. <laughs> to afford that jacket. What I really need is a snakeskin jacket to oh, represent yeah. a symbol of my individuality and my belief in personal freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find a really good one. Yeah, I was going to rewatch that one, too. But that's one of my favorites. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was my Halloween costume this year. Oh, oh was nice. it? That is awesome. So what's the first Cage movie you watched? What got you hooked? Yeah. And then, yeah, what movie got you hooked? I don't know what the first one I watched was. That would I be the same was. thing, wouldn't it? I think, <laughs> you well, would hope. the first movie I have a memory of seeing in a the theater was 8mm with my dad. Oh, Ooh, like, not awkward wow. at all. <laughs> right? I think it was movie. my dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first memory I have of actually seeing a Cage movie in the theater, but the movie that started the obsession was Face Off, for sure. Okay. Um, okay. That was my rewatch was for this. Yeah, yeah. Face oh, Off is one of my absolute face, favorites. Yeah. yeah, last night. I should show yeah. you guys my tattoo. <laughs> Do you have a Face Off tattoo? <laughs> I it's, like your list tattoo, your to-do list. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So we should mention you've got your Nicolas Cage bag, mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, today I'm feeling... Oh, yeah, how are you guys feeling today? Um, Man, I would say... Relaxed. Yeah? Yeah, Raising oh, yeah. Arizona, yeah. Yep, relaxed. I think Raising Arizona is probably the first Cage movie I saw. Mm. Uh, Happy, focused. <laughs> I don't know when I when I... Was it Wild at Heart? Maybe Wild at Heart. Probably Raising Arizona. Did it. What, what Raising what? Arizona was pretty freaking great. Yeah, uh, I mean, but Wild of... at Heart. Yeah, but I didn't probably recognize his his real acting ability till the two thousands almost. Mm. Well, I always credited probably even you know Con Air or something. Sure. Strangely, my least favorite Cage movie is Leaving Las Vegas. Mm. Well, that's funny. Because some no. people yeah, are like, the Oscar. Yeah, there's... he got the Oscar yeah. for that. I found that movie almost impossible to watch, much less care about. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, I would say that uh, I always credited directors for casting, and I don't know how much truth there is to that. But when I would see a David Lynch film, 
like Wild at Heart and say, he got this guy to do this role and it's amazing. Yeah. Or um, the Coen brothers, you know, mm-hmm. Raising Arizona. It's like they chose him for this role. And I don't know that they did. You know, maybe they wrote it with someone like him in mind. Like there's anyone like him. But, um, but they you need a Nicolas Cage type. You mean Nicolas Cage? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, who else is going to be a Nicolas Cage type? <laughs> and, um, and by the way, could Adam Driver quit bulking up so he could play Joey Ramone for fuck's sake? You wanna, Am I you wrong wanna here? Ramones pick? Biopic? Well, I could definitely see there's that. There's going to be one that. eventually, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, we're on a collision course with a Ramones biopic. There is Ooh. nobody more perfect for Joey Ramone yeah. than I a... got queasy when you said that a Ramones biopic. I saw the <laughs> the trailer and it's it's not good. Turn away. Quit talking about it. It's well, going to happen. They did a Sid Vicious biopic. Mm, that turned know. out really well. See? It can go that way. But I'm not seeing that with they, the Ramones. They should, they should make a Kung Fu Ramones flick where they wake up in hell and they... Oh, my God! They, they fight Leonard Skinner. Yes! I love it. Somebody do a GoFundMe. We'll, we'll all pitch in. Yeah. Promise you. They don't have to look anything like they looked. Because no. you yeah, know you're you got Nicolas Cage. You you Adam change Driver. physically yeah. when you're in hell. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nicholas Cage playing four roles. All of Linus Skinner is played by Chinese actors. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's a super racist joke to be made there. I'm sure of it. Um, uh, I, I'm sorry to turn it down that path for a moment, but that popped into my head, and I've been meaning to say that out loud, and I don't know if I have yet. Didn't what? It? that Adam Driver needs to play Joey Ramone. Oh. <laughs> and he needs to just quit hitting the weight pile and, and the protein shakes and just get skinny and do this thing. You know, come on. Is it too much to ask? Maybe. Gary Oldman played Sid Vicious. You know, follow mm-hmm. his lead. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Um, so, um, Face Off. I did rewatch Face Off yes. for this show. Um, what do you think the Dove budget was on this thing? <laughs> That was most of the budget. (laughs) John Woo really likes his doves. He does. I think um, shooting two guns with your arms straight out in that sort of (laughs) Christ-like pose, um, leaping sideways through the air whilst shooting two guns. But I I was disappointed by it because I used to go, uh, when I was a teenager, I used to go up to Chinatown and and they show the John Woo and the heroic oh, yeah. bloodshed movies, and uh, they were crazy because it'll sure. be packed out. And what happens in a, if you go with a mostly Chinese audience, they bring whistles. And when a good stunt goes off, they blow the whistles. Oh, no kidding. So <laughs> the last half hour or so of these movies was just deafening, and it was just hysterical, and yet the bloodlust in the air was just incredible. Oh, man. So, but then seeing Face Off after that, and it's like, oh, this is kind of tamer. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like it's like this super polished, over-budgeted Hollywood stuff. Yeah. But uh, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Con Air and the fact that I'm pretty sure that airplane was cursed. <laughs> Do you know about this? About no, the airplane so. and the shit that went down with this? No. Well, Tell talk. us about that. Uh, well, let's, let's get through Face Off first. Now, now when you're going to... Hey, that's what I said. <laughs> when, let's get when... through Face Off. I could talk about Face Off for hours. Hours. Let's start now. Okay, so if you're going to cast somebody 
of a very similar physical body type to Nicolas Cage, what's the first thing that pops into your head? <laughs> Not John Travolta. <laughs> Anybody but John Travolta, right? <laughs> so <laughs> there it is. It's like, well, we'll just kind of squeeze it and make it work. Okay. What kind of blows my mind about, I, I, I try not to think too much about the plot uh-huh. because, you know. <laughs> it falls apart but before you start I've seen Face Off probably more than any other Cage movie. Okay. And the last time I watched it, I was like, wait a second. So there's that scene where they show John Travolta, his like the other FBI guy's ear being reproduced uh-huh. because his ear got shot off. Yeah. And then they pull him in this room and they're like, we're going to have you switch faces with him. Not a replica, but the actual face. Why? If you yeah. can replicate an ear, why can't you just replicate a face and keep Nicholas? Like, why do you have to cut both of their faces off? Right. At, but. <laughs> because they could and they wanted to make us watch that shit. And they couldn't just do it with a scalpel. They had to use this weird laser the tool. The laser, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so the face transplant is probably the least worrisome of all the <laughs> things that happen in this. Um. I would say uh, John Travolta licking the girl's face. (laughs) That's probably more disturbing to me than watching someone's face get cut and peeled off. Dominique Swain, right around the time she did Lolita, too. Oh, God, that's right. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little (laughs) troublesome, too. Yeah. Um, This thing uh, actually got nominated for uh, an Academy Award. You, you're going to think best actor. Obviously. No. no. <laughs> uh, sound effects, editing. Okay. Whatever, guys. <laughs> Academy, bunch of old white guys. They should just have a category for best cage of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Because yes. he really? he's in at least three yeah. or four each year now. So. Exactly. Yeah, he should have his own category. Um, yeah, so uh, this is a set. Let's see. It starts in 91. Is that for real? It's a 1997 movie. Um, maybe when John Travolta's son gets killed. Is that 91? Yeah. So is it that so. much of a leap in time in the movie? I guess I, I didn't realize say, that. Yeah, maybe it's like five years or something. They they start with the Mo Lester mustache, like full frame. <laughs> yes, the now mustache you, is terrible. You didn't get to see this in a movie theater, so you didn't get to see that 30 foot wide mustache. I did see it at the Alamo once. Oh, good. So yeah. it was probably like 27 feet wide, <laughs> a little smaller screen. But yeah. 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 And he's sitting there with that molester mustache getting with ready his to. sniper rifle, you yeah, know. Yeah. Just kind of <laughs> chilling on a hillside, like that grassy knoll, looking at the carousel, going to pull that perfect shot. Well, he must not be that good of a hitman because he kills the kid. Doesn't kill his target, but he kills the kid that the target But he does holding. shoot his target. It just goes through him. Yeah. But. Well. Yeah. So my note on this was freelance terrorist. That is a really 90s job right there. Like that's a job description that doesn't exist anymore. Freelance terrorist. They've all been signed. Yeah. It's all unions now. Yeah. Yeah, Unions rule everything. All affiliations. You can't be freelance just doing it for the money. Yeah. Now it's the ideology. Yeah. So he kills the boy. Terrorism ain't what it used to be. So years later, six years later, they are, they do an ambush at the airport and they grab him. They're going to get him. Uh, he ends up knocked out and in this coma that he's supposedly not going to wake up from. Mm-hmm. Let's lop his face off and stick it on Travolta. 
Okay, fair enough. And the yeah. scene of him waking up without a face is one of my absolute favorite scenes oh, in that God. movie. The freak out that he has when he wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just has the raw meat face. It's crazy. <laughs> and they, they take they take cautions to not let you see it and let you think you're not going to see it and then you see it. And then the glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was uh, that was something they didn't expect was for him to wake up from the coma and to get his bad guys to come over and take care of business. Yeah. So it's like, you're going to transplant that face onto me. <laughs> oh, okay, as long as it's floating around in a jar, right, you know, right. why not? So, <laughs> floating around in a jar. The scene of John Travolta's face floating in the jar is one of my favorites, Oh, too. God, it's perfect. <laughs> so they just slap this face on him, and automatically all the nerves work, and all the mm-hmm. muscles attach, everything's good. Science. Yeah. Yeah, they can just hand wave that stuff away in the in the '90s movies, mm-hmm. and and the audience is like, okay, what else you got? Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, they did the speed thing where there it's like there's a bomb that's going to go off, so they they got that tension kind of mm-hmm. ratcheting up through the movie, and then uh, you know the doves keep taking my attention <laughs> off of the fact that there's a bomb in the city somewhere, but uh, you know. Between uh, the slow motion sideways shooting of two guns, the Jesus Christ pose with two Uzis and, you know, more doves. Don't forget him dressed as a priest. Dressed as a priest was probably (laughs) one of my favorite things I've seen him do. Um, Wait a minute. Now, there's... That's not a fair statement because it's there's, not finished yet, th- there's but... at least five things. Oh, my goodness. You have a thigh tattoo of <laughs> Nicolas Cage in, as a priest. As a priest. Is, that a, Nick. is that a hat or a halo? It might be a halo. It's not done yet. <laughs> That's we'll right. Um, so, yeah, this this whole thing, he's leading a choir. <laughs> I, I, I can go on, but um, uh, yeah, it turns into a... It turns into a bloodbath with doves and leaping sideways whilst shooting two guns. Um, gold guns. Gold guns, no less. And they're in those lower back holsters. This is perfect. What are those desert eagles? I don't know what those are. I'm not. Um, I'm not a. Oh god, what's the name of the gun? I should just looked it up the other day. It's hard enough to shoot one of them at once. Yeah, that thing will kick back and <laughs> knock you in the forehead. Yeah. Um, then we had. Uh, oh, six degrees of separation here. Um, when I lived in Spokane, Washington, uh, I knew a guy named Tully, whose stepdad was Harv Presnell, who is the guy who has the heart attack. Well, oh! Well, he's having a heart condition, and, and then and then he, he hits him in the chest. Yeah, he kills him. Victor Lazaro. Yeah, Victor Lazaro. Um, yeah. So uh, in in real life, uh, I knew a guy who's that that was his uh, not stepdad as much as adopted dad. Okay. Yeah. So um, Harv was kind of old school Hollywood. And would wear like, you know, a nice outfit with an ascot. I never met him, but my ex-wife did. And she said that Harv was a real gentleman, very sweet, and always dapper. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you definitely, as a character actor, you got full Hollywood from somebody who was, you know, usually just that, that guy you've seen in things, but you don't always remember right. his name. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh so the butterfly knife was my other favorite part, the face licking, and then the butterfly knife to the thigh. <laughs> Twisting it. And yeah. Tw- yeah. yeah. If you're going to stab the thigh, twist the knife. That's just a rule for life. I do love the scene where uh, the boyfriend or whatever is trying to get in Dominique Swain's pants and mm-hmm. John Travolta 
well, Caster Troy as John Travolta, whatever, (laughs) comes out and throws the guy out of the car. And, oh, God, I love that. And then he gives her the knife saying, like, the next time that happens. Here you go. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Little did you realize. Um, So talk a little more about about favorite um, things of Face Off. Like, what, (laughs) what, what really locked this in for you? I, I mean, I really just started because it was so over the top and Cage is so over the top. Mm-hmm. And Travolta being Caster Troy is also amazing. He's keeping up and, as best yeah, anyone could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. And that was just what made me fall, fall in love with it. I had um, a boyfriend in college that we just we watched it together and then we watched it together all the time. We just couldn't stop watching it because yeah. we were just constantly. And yeah, the doves. It... I love um, so many things about that movie. Yeah. So do you, do you uh, have you researched much about Cage? Um, a fair amount. So do you know how he he works himself up to do some of these things? I mean, I've heard how some. How does he psych himself? <laughs> he cut his own it's... face off. Yeah. <laughs> Just like next, he actually saw two minutes into the future. <laughs> I think it like he used to his methods have changed a little bit over the years. I know I don't know. I'm trying to think. I think he talks about it. There's an interview recently where he talks about like some of his most famous roles, and it was really really interesting. I can't remember who did it, but um, like he talks about for leaving Las Vegas, he had um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, he kind of brought this guy around with him who was an alcoholic to like learn how to play an alcoholic and he really he goes all out (laughs) but yeah for face off i don't remember what he said about that yeah i had a few of those movies too where where it's just like you you bond over them and then maybe tnt shows them too much like total recall and (laughs) tremors and a few a few of those i used to have that with somebody and it was like yeah that was if it's on, just leave it on. Yeah, yeah that was one of our movies. That and Batman and Robin. Oh, Lordy, that one. <laughs> Batman yeah, that's and Robin. That's a good one. We used to have a lot of fun with Batman and Robin, too. She must oh, have yeah. seen the, uh, the death of... Was it Superman, Superman Lives? Yeah. Superman Lives? Yeah. Yeah, we have, uh, we have uh, an episode where I interviewed John Schnepp. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but John's no longer with us. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's a bummer, but uh, that... He gave us that movie, that documentary is amazing. Yeah. And and he is he he gave a lot to the world as far as his creativity, but man, the fact that he was able to say, No, people, there's a lot to this story that you don't know. It's not yeah. just a couple of still photos and the knowledge that this thing could have gotten made but didn't. Yeah. There's more to it and it's amazing. Yeah, I just watched that recently. That was really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's terrific. And uh, John said that he had a ton more uh, footage and interviews that those are extras on the DVD or the Blu-ray. Mm. But uh, yeah, that that one is just like, man, Nicolas Cage with the long kind of mullety hair yeah. and the suit. <laughs> Why didn't we get that? Seriously. Like look at any year where you didn't get something that should have gotten made. And then look at the other crap that came out that year and you just shake your head. It's like, why did this other stuff get made? Um, we could have had this crap too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Okay, that one. Holy yes. wow! Yeah, that was a 
That was George Clooney? Mm-hmm. Yeah. George with, Clooney. With the bat nipples? Yes. Yeah. And Arnold. Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what more could you ask for? A little uh, cameo by Burt Ward, if I remember right. Is um, he in that? He did like a like a really quick little cameo, I believe. Oh man, I could be wrong on Uma that. Uma Thurman's in that. Oh yeah, yeah, Poison Ivy. She's oh, yeah. she's awesome. Man, <laughs> that was the '90s, also. Yes. Yeah, there's it's the end of the '90s, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the gloves were off, man. Crazy was just like, yeah, do your worst. What else you got? Well, where could Schumacher really go with Wait, that man? After that, yeah, he did uh, eight millimeter, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, no All wonder. Right. See, <laughs> you knew there was something in there for you. It just hadn't happened yet. Yeah. It's like, Dad, let's go to the movies. <laughs> All right, princess. How about this eight millimeter? <laughs> I hear it's about some little boys trying to make a film. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> well, my dad, I think, topped that. He took the whole fam family to see The Fucking Shining. <laughs> That's a great family film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except for he thought movies were like The Wolfman when he was a kid. Oh. Nope. Nope. <laughs> this was a little more damaging, Dad. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I was like 13 or 14, but um, my younger brother was not ready for that. He was a little traumatized. A little scared of the bathroom. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, um... So what's the airplane story on Con Air? Okay, Con Air. Let's let's skip to the juicy parts here. I, I could talk about the movie, but uh, I'll just read this from uh, some information I was able to uh, yank from the old internet. <clears throat> All right, so the airplane, uh, also known as the Jailbird. Okay, some things that you want to know about this thing was, um, let's see. Uh, all right. I'll just start here at the beginning. Uh, they used a, um, a C-123 for the flying and taxiing scenes because um, uh, they chose this this uh, learner airbase because it looked kind of like the surface of the moon. My idea was it was perfect for the convicts who'd been locked up for all these years in these little cells. The old wartime bomber base was also used uh, for the aircraft boneyard scenes where the original swimming pool at the base was used uh, for Garland Green. Um, on August 29th, 96, Philip Swartz, a welder employed by the Special Effects Unlimited company, um, was crushed to death at Wendover when a static model of the C-123 used for the film fell on him. Mm. Not unlike Blucifer. Yeah, I was just going to say Blucifer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for anyone who's not from Denver or has not been in to Denver at our airport, we have a giant blue Mustang that uh, fell off its supports and crushed the sculptor. Uh, so when you see that, uh, the film credits where it says in memory of Phil Swartz, that is who that mm, is. Okay. okay. Um, after filming, the filmmakers donated the Jailbird movie model for the uh, use for the taxi scenes to the historic Wendover Airfield Foundation, where it is currently on display at the ramp of the uh, as an attraction for visitors. Um, then we go on to say that the, uh, let's see, the actual plane that was used, the real plane, uh, was destroyed because it ended up, um, with a series of, um, military owners and then private owners on, uh, December, 2003, it was sold to all West freight Inc in Delta junction, Alaska on August 1st, 2010, the C-123 was destroyed when it crashed into Mount Healy 
within uh, the Denali National Park in Alaska. Oh. The three-member flight crew was killed in the crash. Damn. So. This is a beautiful place to die. Yeah. Cursed, cursed uh, movie plane. Um, but how did it get burned? <laughs> I'm going to guess it was in the crash. <laughs> how did so, it get burned? <laughs> how did it get burned? <laughs> I was... I was I was guessing that uh, you know maybe he was having a cigarette while wearing a bear suit. <laughs> the fake fur caught fire. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it happens. So Julian, what did you watch? Drive Angry. Or, no, no, I've no. Seen it. He's well, seen today it. Today I saw a Vampire's Kiss. Next. Next. That was the other one. Okay, two minutes into the future. How is that one? It's it's kind of boilerplate thriller. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't do a whole lot of scenery chewing that yeah. i remember yeah, uh, yeah it's not I mean, super exciting yeah does the premise do much for you as a viewer well as a you know as i mentioned it just felt like one of those novelty uh tv pilots from the 70s like gemini man or you know the, the, there's this kind of low grade uh special power that the hero has that doesn't cost much money to do okay yeah and, uh, <laughs> they make a whole series so they it. make it look and they always make it look like he oh he died, and then you realize, oh, he could see yeah, two minutes into rewound. the future, so you get to rewind two minutes. Now, at the climax, there, the, they have this assault on this dockside warehouse, and he, uh, is, he is kind of like Madrox the Multiple Man. He like yeah. splits off into a whole lot of cages. Yes. Oh. And uh, he's running around, and it's all the possibilities that mm-hmm. can happen in this place. Well, Good. At least there's that. Yeah. <laughs> they had to take it down something of a unique road. So Vampire's Kiss, um, overall, though, that was that was something that uh, worked for you because it was so weird? Yeah, it's so weird because it's... Uh, what's the tone of this thing? Is it a comedy or is it a... It's really dark. Yeah. But also like, really funny. And yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, this is really dark. This is basically about him being this abusive guy, and especially mm. towards the... Uh, Alva. Yeah, Alva. Mm. And uh, he he rapes her actually, and, mm-hmm. and uh, but then you you know the next scene it's like him doing some mugging and uh, right. And it's really funny. Did you see what I meant about Sounds his accent? Sounds like the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah his, his, his accent is like, like you know if if it was made today, I think he was doing Trump. It was this kind of weird. He was trying to sound like a douchebag. Yeah, it's like go away. <laughs> it never just goes away. Yeah. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> only the house files like, what are you trying to do you, that, you, but, if you guys remember when I talked about it on the show I'm like in some scenes it's like he's doing the valley dude thing like California yeah. kind of yeah, thing yeah that's what I remember but it, he's this like, guy who's trying to impress other people with his posh accent in some scenes yeah. and sometimes he's, yeah. he's not you know he's not trying to impress one and he drops it hmm. um, but it, it it just uh, reminded me of Martin as well. Where you have this, have you seen Martin? Martin. It's a uh, movie from '76, George Romero movie. The, va- oh. the vampire was yeah, young young guy who uh, he may or may not be a vampire, but he's he's going yes. ahead with all the vampire things because he thinks he's one. Uh, and it felt like that on Coke. It was like, <laughs> felt like that on Coke. Yeah, I, I like Martin a lot. Was, mm. I've not seen that one. Yeah, it's a great movie about mm. the 70s, kind of yeah. people washed up in suburbia. and It's, yeah. Ooh, it's not the that. easiest one to find, because it's on my to-watch list. But Okay, well, yeah. I'll, I'll bring it along. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Um, I've got a copy. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But yeah. The, yeah, this one, I've, you know, are they going to go with it? Is he a vampire or not? But it, it was like pretty clear that he was not. Yeah. And he eventually, yeah, he uh, he realizes he's not growing the fangs, so he goes into this <laughs> magic shop and he, he like looking at all these. Uh, this, the owner is showing him all these like uh, model teeth that have been, you know, they even yellowed them so they look more realistic. Like twenty dollar fangs in nineteen eighty eight. And yeah. he, he goes through his wallet. He goes, "You got anything cheaper?" And <laughs> he eventually walks out with a little plastic set of fangs. <laughs> So he's walking around in the streets of New York, mm-hmm. which it looks like guerrilla filming because the people reacting to him are like, what the? <laughs> yeah. Nicholas the pigeons coming like down the street with these like, plastic fans going, I'm a vampire. <laughs> you know about the cockroach scene? Yeah. About yeah. how they made him do it twice. He, he, it was his idea because like, they wanted him to drink down raw egg like Rocky. But he, he said, oh, let me eat a live cockroach instead. So he just plucks up this live cockroach and eats but then yeah Yeah, but then they told him like no 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 we need to do that again and so he did it twice he ate two cockroaches and and they just used the first take they weren't planning on actually they didn't really need a second take they just wanted to see him do it never eat anything on film (laughs) that's the first rule that's two more cockroaches than i've eaten yeah so yeah he he keeps the prize on that one you might end up with kubrick and you're doing like 78 takes (laughs) oh god whole pound and a half of cockroaches <laughs> yeah i guess uh I, I guess scatman Crothers took that axe to the chest about 60 some odd times and finally jack nicholson just told him that's enough yeah he's an old man you're gonna kill him <laughs> scatman's like i'm only 42 <laughs> what are you talking about jack <laughs> oh lordy so um will uh You've had some time to sit with uh, the idea of, of Mandy. Yeah. Have you uh, have you changed your thoughts and feelings I, about I want to rewatch it. It, mm. it deserves a rewatch, it I think. It deserves a rewatch. I don't know if I'll like it. And it's on Shutter right now. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Excellent. Which I'm amazed at. But now that I know that there's money going into Shutter other than ours, um, when, AM, when... AMC owns it now. Oh, okay. When are we getting our... Uh... Our sponsorship shutter. Come on. I know. they. I think they owe us like back rent on this whole thing. Yeah. We're always talking about shutter. Yeah. I think we talk about it. I think they have their own series now. There was some show about hunting serial killers in the 80s. A group of kids that looked like a stranger's thing. Yeah. Stranger thing. It's a movie though. Oh, it's a movie. It's not a series. Summer of 84. Yes. Yeah. I I watched that one. Oh, did you? It was fun. Uh, it's got its faults, you know, and uh, just brace yourself. How deep are those faults? Well, this, this isn't a fault, but it is Canadian, so, so you know. Ooh. <laughs> I said it's not a fault. Is Cronenberg involved? Because that's so. the only way I can accept a Canadian movie. <laughs> if Cronenberg is involved. They, they very carefully made sure the word sorry wasn't in the script oh, okay. anywhere. Sorry. Yeah, they tried to say how they they tried to say house and about, but it but you could just hear it. House. There was house house. It was just sort of halfway there, but you know uh, that had nothing to do with the movie really. But it, we'll talk about that one another time. I don't want to okay. get. I don't even want to sidetrack any more than I usually so do. What other uh, cage 
horror movie recommendations. And I, I saw Season of the Witch. Did you see that one? I have not oh, seen you've that. You've seen all of them. Yeah, so. Jack, you've seen every single one of the movies. I have. Um, I didn't. I wasn't that keen on that. No, I watched that, and it didn't make much of. I thought it was going to be a lot more over the top and. I don't know, ridiculous than it was. It mm. was kind of dull. Yeah, it was. Yeah. How about Pay the Ghost? Although I did watch it on a, on an air, on a flight. So. Oh, well, that can Pay the Ghost. I don't know that. Pay one. the Ghost was better than I thought it was going to be. Good to know. But I didn't love it. Okay. <laughs> but it was. It held my attention. I'll put it that way. <laughs> what was the ghost owed? Was it a lot of money? <laughs> Just a child. Oh, okay. That's it? <laughs> Just a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were some of them running around the aisles at the end of The Grinch. I was surprised they weren't running around during the movie. I'm thinking, well, if you need a kid, there's one. Um, that's weird that, that uh, Alamo has like the no talking, no texting, just sit your ass down and watch a movie policy. And then... I heard, oh, they don't allow anyone under 18 in the movie at all, you know, in their cinema at all. And it turns out, yeah, they do. It seemed like that. Yeah, I've never, I mean, I don't have kids, so I've never had to. But right. I, don't. I thought it depended on the movie at the time. Or Yeah, that could, that could be. Yeah, I imagine for that they did make, because uh, during Halloween, I think it said 18 plus. Right. Which the movie didn't seem like it was that over the top. No, and I think they just want to keep the high school kids out. The riffraff. Yeah, they, they just don't want them. People who go to movies, they want to keep them out. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> go spend your money at Regal, you dirtbags. This is for grown-ups with money. You're not going to buy any of our chicken fingers or milkshakes. Yes. Or beers. Or overpriced, mediocre food. <laughs> you Their beer say. list is amazing, but as far as a movie theater goes. Yeah, well, you know, it it. it, it it could be like, uh, you know, an $8 box of Twizzlers, but... <laughs> yeah. So, so, what's another good cage horror? Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. What's that, what's that one? Is it The Wicker Man? Yes. That one. <laughs> that, I guess that does count as a horror movie. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's... there's what, what's that one that's set in some foreign country... Uh, Oh my goodness, Saigon something. Or Bangkok Dangerous. Bangkok oh Dangerous. my god. Okay, tell that me about one that one. Some of the most amazing action scenes. Have you, any of you guys seen those? Yeah. The scene where yes. like this guy, he like jumps onto the boat and he like cuts the guy's arm off with the, what do you call propeller? it? The propeller. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me. Okay, when they when they take away uh, Danny Trejo's character at the end of uh, Con Air. And they're like, oh, yeah, this one's dead for sure. And they start to move him, and you realize his arm that's handcuffed to that railing or whatever is detached from his body. Yes. It's like, oh, okay, that's kind of just twisting in the breeze. All right, cool. <laughs> Danny Trejo looked really young. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <coughs> yeah, that was weird. He wasn't yeah, born he that way. Super young in that. He wasn't born that way. I just kind of figured he always looked... Yeah, fifty-seven-ish. So, no yeah. mustache. And... Yeah, but yeah, I, I love him in uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. That's a oh, movie that we should cover sometime. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as far as recommendations go, uh, I'd say in the horror list, you know. Yeah, it's does, not a super long list, but in, yeah, it isn't a long list. Um, 
I do need to see Pay the Ghost. Mm. I will rewatch Wicker Man pretty much any time. Have you guys seen Mom and Dad? I I have have not. Okay. How is it? Did you like it? I got the impression you did not. Uh, (laughs) I will say it has a fantastic ending when a character shows up. Um, because you'd forgotten you'd seen his name in the credits. Right. Oh, good. And you're yeah. like, oh, that's... Bill Pullman. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Bill Pullman, but when you see him, uh, he was in a movie with Bill Pullman. Oh, well, just like everybody else in Hollywood. Gonna, he was yeah. in a couple movies with Bill Pullman, in fact. I Boy might have Bill. even been in a movie with Bill Pullman. <laughs> I was probably. in a car with him. Yeah, see? <laughs> We were but, talking about that earlier. She had, she got to drive him from the airport. Oh, really? No, not from the airport, but from his oh. hotel to a, a film festival even oh, okay. with his wife. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that was good. And uh, you get to hear Nicolas Cage call his kids motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's. I think it's great. I think it's he, a really, really, really fun movie. He really chews the scenery when that, when yeah. that scene goes off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It wasn't. It wasn't anything fantastic. I was expecting more Nicolas Cage. He feels, although he really he really goes over the top in, in his few scenes, he's he's not in the movie a whole lot. Yeah, he's not really in the beginning you know, at all, except for a little that bit of That he's trying to play a 40-year-old. Oh, yeah. So, and and yeah. he ain't. But no. he's trying, they're playing, like him and uh, Selma Blair are parents that have like fallen into suburbia and obviously aren't happy with it so that's a big mm-hmm. part of it to me that, yeah. that i think is really cool yeah but it's like now now we're not us anymore we're just parents i think my big problem with that movie was the pacing because they mm-hmm. would go along uh and it'd build up tension and then they they'd want to do a uh, flashback and they'd cut back to explain something that I don't think really needed explaining. Mm. And that kind of ruined the tension because then they go back to the scene. You're like, oh, you just you built up all that tension and then you blew it with a flashback. <sighs> and then you, you I don't know, I think if they'd cut out the flashback so you could build up the tension because there's some yeah, moments in it where it really works. You're like, oh, shit, they're going to get that kid. And it doesn't. And then, yeah. And then it cuts to a flashback and you're like, oh, wow couple minutes now you have to rebuild this steam yeah right. so but uh you know i like nicholas cage and pretty much anything i'm trying to think of the one and i can't remember it now um you'll be able to tell me i'm sure uh where his kid is going to school and they find a, a time capsule that's full oh, of crazy numbers is that knowing is that the knowing yeah yes. yeah it's some of them kind of blurred together in my head. That that's one with the uh, he's there's a plane crash uh-huh yeah he has some fantastic acting in that that i really i don't know i believed he was <laughs> experiencing all the crazy shit yeah. that yeah. Had happened in that movie <laughs> like, he's not chewing the scenery at parts of that but you he is instead totally believable in that movie mm-hmm. and it, the movie itself is just nonsense but he is so good in that movie yeah yeah, I don't doubt his skills to do just about anything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I do want to. I do want to ask you guys some thoughts on on horror that he could do. But before I do, I do not want to forget to mention the casting in Con Air is stunning. Yeah. Um, this, okay, it's it's pretty far into the movie before you meet Steve Buscemi's character. Oh, Steve Buscemi, yeah. <laughs> um, he he's uh, Garland Green, the Marietta Mangler. Um, and he's killed 30 people up and down the Eastern seaboard. And as he reveals later that, uh, 
Yeah, I once drove through three states wearing a girl's head as a hat. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. But of that. they do this whole like this whole reveal of of his character, and, and you're just watching this stuff, and it's super like Hannibal Lecter lockdown stuff, and then you you see his face and it's Steve Buscemi, <laughs> and you're like, really? This is great. So that, and then of course. Um, John Malkovich as Cyrus mm, the Virus. Yes. And he's got that slightly effeminate, kind of condescending, angry, <laughs> bitchy tone yeah. throughout the movie. Yes. And a real ease to his character that uh, he's just like, well, just got to kill this asshole. Yeah. Don't yeah. I? Um, and when he does actually get mad, then it gets even more scary. Um, you've got Ving Rhames, mm-hmm. you've got Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah, I forgot uh, about Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Pinball, yeah. Uh, they just, it's a great cast of, and this guy, Swamp Thing, um, he's the guy who ends up being the pilot. Yeah. I had a note that he looks like Lemmy's cleaned up cousin. Because <laughs> he's kind of got the same square jaw and the same facial yeah, hair. And long. Yeah, Anyway, that's... That's an amazing cast of uh, ne'er-do-wells and uh, just crashing a plane, crash landing it into the Las Vegas Strip is just amazing. There's more movies should do this stuff. Yes. You don't need slow motion doves flying around necessarily, but it wouldn't have hurt this movie to have a few. Yeah. Now, what I want to ask opinions from all of you is um, if Nicolas Cage were to go forward doing more horror movies, if we do count Mandy as a horror movie... Yes, it's um, a horror movie. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, you can call it a lot of things, but what it is... What would you call it? Comedy? Psychedelic horror. Psychedelic. But it was <laughs> Musical. Still horror. Yeah, it's... Musical variety. Well, it does have the variety of uh, animation in it. It does? <laughs> yeah. Um, Biopic? So if, if we count this small handful of movies as horror, which mm-hmm. Wicker Man, you know, Pay the Ghost, which I haven't seen, uh, you know, he's got maybe four or five movies that are you know, legit or near legit horror. Mm-hmm. What could he do? I mean, I don't doubt the man's skills and abilities. Anything. The sky's <laughs> the limit, I know. Con no, Oscar. What what do you say better brain. question for Jackie. What do you want to see him do? Do you want to see him play the protagonist or antagonist in a slasher movie? Serial killer movie? Mm. What do you want to see him do? Frozen Ground is a great one. Where, I like Frozen Ground. Where he's on, on the path of catching a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Cusack. Yeah, I've yeah. not, not seen that one. Oh, you should see it. Yeah. It takes place in Alaska. Uh-huh. Yep. I've not seen that one either. It's, That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah, I like it. it. Yeah. I, I went into it going, oh boy, this is going to be good. Like, I'm thinking it's going to be funny. That's what I thought too. Yeah. And I ended up really enjoying it more yeah, than I thought it was good. It plays it straight more than you think it's going to. Yeah. How about the Scorsese film, uh, Bring Out the Dead? Dead. Oh yes. my God, I love that one. Is it good? I've yeah, not watched that's that one, one of my favorite. I love Scorsese. Jolly saying so. no, not not so I just much. found it just so relentlessly depressing. Uh, it, I love depressing, so I, that's why I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can watch a depressing film, but that was just like, uh, yeah, because you see him slowly unravel, um, and it's just it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. Do we want to see him play a real vampire? Yeah, I so, could totally see that. So if yeah. they continued with the classic monster movie remakes, he, you know, he, he could be a good Victor Frankenstein or Jekyll and Ooh. Hyde or oh, Jekyll and Hyde would I'd be great. I'd love to see him <laughs> yeah. play either of those roles. Yeah. Jekyll and Hyde would be really good. Yeah, because he can just switch really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
That's a good point. <laughs> he does that in movies where he's not Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Or like there's a, a good bit in uh, Vampire's Kiss where um, he's he's having he's broken down. He's in the street and he's just like he's blood all over him and he's carrying this uh, stake to kill himself with. <laughs> and, uh, and he's just standing on the street corner just ranting. And then it Talking cuts his in therapist. his fantasy where he's like all slick and the, you know the yuppie in the in the posh psychiatrist's office mm-hmm. yeah you can see these two totally different well they're, they're not totally different but they're, they're like opposite ends of a path yeah yeah uh and they're both you know really convincing yeah you know, performances yeah i'd like to see him play two roles in the same film yeah, yeah jack and hyde yeah something like Adaptation. dead ringers where he um, yeah, i was just thinking dead oh ringers. god i love dead ringers mm. Speaking of which, um, Boris Karloff's daughter, Sarah Karloff, really would love to see Jeremy Irons play Boris Karloff. Ooh. It's like, yes. I can't believe I never thought of that. The resemblance yes. is certainly there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that either, but for sure. Yeah. To hell with playing Boris Karloff. Let's just have him play the monster. Just, hey, I got an idea, Universal Studios. Uh, reboot your franchise, your Dark Universe franchise without Tom Cruise. Fuck Frankenstein 2020. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> As we said, no more Frankensteins. Oh, uh, that's right. No more Halloweens. There's a lockdown at Will's house. No yeah. more Frankensteins. No more Frankensteins. <laughs> Jolie it's been Pudet? 200 years. <laughs> Time to move on. Hey, he, he could be a good Loomis in the Halloween Ooh. series. Yeah, he could be a good. The obsessive. Jeremy Irons could be a great to... Loomis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I want to see Nicolas Cage playing an actual vampire and yes. maybe a slasher. And this is something I learned from having seen Mr. Bungle uh, mm-hmm. live in concert. That's awesome. Um, Mike Patton, I think the, a lot of the audience members were thinking, oh, it's the guy from Faith No More. He's going to be like, ta-da, hey, everybody, here I am. <laughs> he came out in a mechanics coverall and a bondage mask. Not surprised. Didn't take it off the whole show. <laughs> so I kind of feel like that's a cool move, right? So Nicholas, I love Mike Patton. Yeah, Nicolas Cage could play Michael Myers and mm. never take the mask off. Oh. But you know he's in there. <laughs> I could dig that. Man. Yeah. Think about All that. Right. That works, doesn't it? That does work. Nicolas Cage. I'd be willing to let one more Halloween. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> or some other slasher similar to this. It doesn't yeah. have- he could just be like a, I don't know, like a, maybe a mesh thing. Maybe John Travolta's Filled face. with some sort of <laughs> bees. Definitely bees. Yeah. He's got John Travolta's face on and a cage full of bees. Yeah. And then from the neck down, a bear suit. Of course. There you go. Yeah, that may be drawing a little too much from one particular movie, but I think it would work. But you never really see his face. And I think that would work. Yeah. Because he doesn't need... All those crazy facial expressions. No. To do what he does. No. His physical acting transcends that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else want to cover anything before we call it a show? Uh, uh, kind of closing in our normal time. Yeah, it's about a normal length episode. Yeah. Well, Jackie, you are welcome to come back and join us anytime you want. Yes, awesome. thank you for and we coming could, in. That's great. We could do a cage match round two. Mm-hmm. Talk about more <laughs> Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, you'll have three more out by the... Fund next week <laughs> right. yeah basically yeah so uh, we'll be doing our seasonal one soon 
Yeah. yeah. Or like thinking of like the win- wintry or Christmas themes. Mm. Yeah. yeah we, um, we'll, New Year's Eve. Yeah, we'll pick a few movies like we something called the Wintry Three, where okay. we just pick three movies that are wintry and or Christmas related horror. We've yeah. done that too. We even foolishly went and saw that Krampus movie. Oh, I never saw that one, but even I heard good. some things. We went foolish. <laughs> we were we we were naive. <laughs> we were naive. <laughs> we were younger then. Yeah, that's true. A few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, two three years, whatever it was. Yeah, but but we got to follow that up at some point in time with an actual you know good Krampus movie mm-hmm. in uh, rare exports where there was yeah rare exports a hint at it. A Christmas horror story has a good Krampus bit. In it. Yeah, that's true too. I haven't seen that one. That one's worth a look. Okay. For sure. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to be doing our Wintry 3 sometime probably in December. And maybe some Christmas horror in December. So if... Uh, Excellent. Yeah. If, any, if anything uh, pops into your head that's like, you know, I didn't think of this. How can I not think of this? I have my book with me and everything. Let's do another cage match anytime you want. It's the best book. This is like a cage specific. Oh wow! Notebook. That's amazing. Face it's off. it's a face off notebook. It's made with the actual like uh, VHS. That's a oh, that's a real VHS oh, cover. Yeah. Okay. I, I got it on gonna... Etsy because this exists on Etsy, of course. Of, of course. course it does. Yeah. I thought you're going to say is bound with the flesh of John Travolta. It's I his wish. actual face. Yeah. <laughs> I've also got a six degrees of separation for John Travolta. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, his sister Ellen used to come into a restaurant where I worked when I was in college. So uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> did she have a face? She did. <laughs> it was a Chachi's mom in Charles in Charge. So yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, wow. that's Ellen Travolta, John's sister. Oh, okay. But then there was a. Then I I have another story to go with that. I'll tell another time about what a small world it is because then I also met someone else who knew who was in that show, Small Wonder. Small Wonder. <laughs> Man, the acting in that show is priceless. That was Nicolas Cage playing that little girl. Did you know that? That's how good he is. I could see him do a better job, for sure, than anybody on that show did. Ooh. All right, well, let's call it a show. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. <laughs>